are our greatest weapon of all. First step to solving any problem is recognizing there is one. It's time we started this. Pain isn't something we thought. All we can ever do for our heroes is remember them. And they gave up two lives. The one they were living in and the one they would have lived. They gave up everything for our country, for us. They pray for freedom and justice. Some veterans not getting the timely care that they need. Less than 1% of Americans serving in uniform. Good news is, is that in recent years, we've made historic investments to boost the VA budget. What is it? Why should we care? We should care about press freedom because... Because we were informed. In democratic societies, free, diverse, and pluralist media enable public debates and are essential checks You don't look status. Let's discuss. Hi, welcome to Red to Red Podcast. How are you guys doing? Episode 10. Uh, it's your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Uh, today we're going to talk about spine and arthritis. According to the VA's 2015 annual benefits report, over 395,000 veterans currently receive VA disability benefits for degenerative arthritis of the spine. Injuries and joint overuse, both common among veterans, can contribute to degenerative arthritis. It is important to note that both degenerative arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis may be eligible for a presumptive service connection if symptoms appear within one year of discharge from military service. A veteran only needs to show that the condition is at least 10% disabling and that the symptoms begin within one year of discharge. Yeah, it's, um, it's really difficult to decide how best to rate a spine condition, but the basic rule of thumb is to rate it under the code that would give you uh, the highest uh, rating. So always start with a general rating formula that we're going to describe a little bit later. And, but of course, like with everything else, there are a couple exceptions. So let's get into the topic. Yeah. So in order to ensure that you're getting the most out of your disability claim, it is important to understand how your condition is rated. Errors are frequently made when rating conditions. The VA not only makes mistakes in evaluating the severity of the condition, but sometimes they evaluate a condition according to a completely wrong rating criteria. Today's blog post will cover spinal conditions that are not rated under the general rating formula. Specifically, this blog post will cover ratings for degenerative arthritis, traumatic arthritis, and rheumatoid arthritis. The rating system used for arthritis of the spine is the second most common rating system for spine conditions. There are two types of arthritis that are rated under the same rating system, degenerative arthritis and traumatic arthritis. The third type of arthritis being discussed today, rheumatoid arthritis, is rated under its own rating system. Degenerative arthritis and traumatic arthritis. Degenerative arthritis is the chronic breakdown of the cartilage surrounding the joints. Degenerative arthritis of the spine sometimes refers to as the facet joint osteoarthritis. causes a breakdown of cartilage between the facet joints in the back of the spine. Lack of cartilage causes pain and limitation of motion. Traumatic arthritis occurs after an injury or excessive movement or other physical trauma. Traumatic arthritis causes symptoms similar to other types of arthritis such as pain, inflammation, and buildup of fluid around the affected joint. Yes, and uh, all those conditions involved involved in arthritis are rated under diagnostic code uh, 5003. 
And depending on what joint is affected, there will be an identifying diagnostic code assigned to this condition. So always check uh, uh, what conditions you have uh, and uh, what and where those conditions, uh, what diagnostic code they, they can fill in. So, um, however, degenerative arthritis of the spine will be rated under the criteria uh, listed under uh, diagnostic code 50003 uh, compared to 5242 that we're going to discuss below. Arthritis will only be rated under diagnostic code 5003 when the condition does not result in a severe enough limitation of, of motion to be rated under the general rating formula for the spine. This rating formula was discussed in part one of the spine claims blog. If there is a de decreased range of motion of the cervical or thoracolumbar uh, spine, the, uh, the condition would be rated according to the general rating formula for the spine that is based off the range of motion measurements. Another requirement for, for a spine condition to be rated under the code for degenerative arthritis is that there must be x-ray evidence of arthritis in the cervical or thoracic joints. As mentioned above, many different joints are rated under the rating criteria for degenerative arthritis. This includes the shoulder, the wrist, the elbows, the hips, knees, ankles, fingers, toes, spine, the sacroiliac joint. Some joints are referred to as major joints, while others are referred to as minor joints. The spine is considered a major joint. The rating assigned under the rating criteria for degenerative arthritis depends on how many joint groups are affected and whether there is painful motion. If two or more major or minor groups are affected, a 20% rating will be assigned if the arthritis is occasionally incapacitating. If the arthritis does not cause any episodes of incapacitation but two or more joint groups are involved, then a 10% rating will be assigned. If a veteran only has one joint group affected by arthritis, then there must also be painful motion present in order for a rating higher than zero to be assigned. If there is painful motion, a 10% rating will be assigned. For example, if a veteran has degenerative arthritis of the spine with no other joints affected and he experiences pain when bending over, he'll get 10%. Rheumatoid arthritis is a disease that causes the destruction of the joints in the body. Although this type of arthritis is most common in the small joints of the hands and feet, it can occur in any joints of the body. When rheumatoid arthritis affects the spine, it typically affects the cervical spine, the neck, rather than the thoracic spine, the lower back. Rheumatoid arthritis of the spine leads to neck, back, and sometimes causes pain to radiate in the arms and legs. Symptoms involved are similar to symptoms involved with degenerative arthritis and include pain and swelling of the joints. The diagnostic code for rheumatoid arthritis is 5002. Rating percentages are assigned based on the frequency of incapacitating episodes. The following percentages are available under the rating criteria for rheumatoid arthritis. So 100% if you're completely incapac incapacitated and are confined to staying in bed. 60% if there are severe incapacitation episodes that occur four or more times a year. 40% if there are incapacitating episodes that occur three or more times per year. If there is a definite but not necessarily significant decrease in health. And 20% if there are at least or less than three 
incapacitating episodes per year. It is possible for rheumatoid arthritis to be rated under diagnostic code of 5003 like degenerative or, and traumatic arthritis if this condition is not severe enough to meet the above criteria then the rating will be based on specific symptoms. For example, if the rheumatoid arthritis of the spine results in pain with motion, the condition will be rated according to the criteria set forth in 5003 as described above. Yeah, and um, the general formula is based primarily on the range of motions. Uh, and um, this range of motion, uh, there are a couple, a few points to know about that. So if the spine is frozen and cannot move at all, it's considered favorable. If it's frozen at zero degrees for flexion or extension, if it's frozen at any other place in a flexion or extension, then it's considered unfavorable. And to get the combined uh, uh, range of motion, add all the measurements together, left rotation, right rotation, flexion, extension, right lateral flexion and left lateral flexion. The normal combined measurement for the cervical spine is 340 degrees. And uh, under the columbar spine is 240 degrees. So all measurements are rounded to the nearest five degrees or eight degrees. Like eight degrees rounds to 10 degrees, seven uh, degrees rounds down to five, etc. So it's important that your physical, physical, physician records correct and uh, throughout measurements for any back conditions. And normally it happens uh, whenever you go to exam, uh, let's say you filed for disability and then you have an exam. So during that exam, you will most likely be uh, measured with a, a tool uh, called a goniometer meter. So it's like a metal thing uh, that measures your range of motion. If it's possible, make sure your physician records records the range of motion for every direction as shown above in the above images. There should be six total measurements taken for both the cervical and lower back spine. This is vital to a proper and fair rating. Too often physicians do not record these important measurements properly and then the service member's condition is not properly rated. Another note on rating the spine condition is based on range of motion. There are, there are some very rare circumstances where if physician can declare that the limited motion is normal for an individual and thus not rateable. This is very rare and only happens if the physician can provide significant evidence that the range of motion is normal for a particular individual. There are a few more rating options under this general formula that only come into play if the range of motion is not restricted enough to warrant a higher rating. If there is an abnormal spine contour like uh, scoliosis, or if you have muscle spasms, or if you guard your spine movement enough that you walk abnormally, then the condition is rated 20%. Proof of the abnormal spine contour or abnormal walk must be noted in the physician's exam, not just with radiological evidence. If there are muscle spasms and guarding present that do not interfere with the way you walk, it'll be rated 10%. A 10% rating is also given if there is compressed fractured vertebrae that has lost at least 50% or more, more of its height. Finally, if, the pain, if there is pain with motion, then the rating must be at least 10%. This rating system is used for rating both cranial nerves and the perineal ner uh, peripheral nerves, the nerves on the upper back and lower, lower back. There are a few basic rules to follow when rating cranial or peripheral nerve condition. 
First, all nerve conditions are rated based on the loss of function of the affected body part. There are three different categories a nerve condition can be rated under. Paralysis, uh, neuritis, and neuralgia. The condition must satisfy certain terms to be rated under one of these categories. These terms are discussed below. Once it is determined which of these three categories the nerve condition falls under, it can then be rated either under that category or under limited motion, which gives the higher rating. It is important to note that if the nerve condition is causing the limited motion, then only one rating can be given either under a nerve code or under limited motion. If, however, the limited motion is not caused by the nerve condition, then it can be rated in addition to the nerve rating. Second, when deciding which of, those, which of the three categories a condition fits in, it is important to keep in mind that the actual loss of function of the body part is the main defining criteria. In other words, if the nerve leading to a muscle in the shoulder is completely paralyzed, it is not necessarily rated as completely paralyzed. If the shoulder can no longer move the arm or function at all, then it can be rated as completely paralyzed. In most cases, however, the muscle in the shoulder and arm that are not affected by the paralyzed nerve will often compensate for the loss of function, and moving the arm will be possible. This is especially the case in the nerves that rarely work alone, meaning that more than one nerve often works a single muscle. Because of this, some movements are controlled by numerous nerves that still may be able to take place if one's damaged. In cases like this, the nerve can, cannot be rated as completely paralyzed. We'll work on an example on this to help clarify it a little bit. Third, each nerve is paired, meaning that there are two of every nerve, one for each side of the body. The sciatic nerve exits the lumbar spine, your lower back on both sides, and travels down each leg. For example, if if there is a back problem that causes problems with both of the sciatic nerves, then an additional bilateral factor will be added since both legs are affected. Same thing for hands, elbows, knees, hips, things like that. If both sides are affected, both are each rated separately and then given an additional bilateral factor. Fourth, each nerve has three different possible codes under which it could be rated. Paralysis of the nerve, the nerve itself, not the affected body part, cannot function at all. This can be complete paralysis or partial paralysis. Neuritis of the nerve, the nerve still functions, but it is swollen, irritated, and very painful. All-cause all neuritis will have a, at least one of the following, a decreased ability to sense, muscle atrophy, or, uh, atrophy or, and a loss of uh, reflexes. <clears throat> Neuralgia of the nerve, the nerve causes occasional or constant pain. There can also be tingling, numbness. For uh, a condition to qualify for the next highest category, it must satisfy all the criteria. For example, a condition with severe pain but no other symptoms would still have to be considered neuralgia since the other symptoms like muscle atrophy that are required to call condition neuritis are present. Fifth. Each of these codes is rated based on a degree of se severity. So for paralysis, if it's complete, this is defined for, uh, for each nerve a little differently, but basically it means that the nerve is completely paralyzed and the body part cannot function at all, like if it had been amputated. Incomplete severe, if the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there are symptoms like poor blood circulation and muscle atrophy, 
that seriously limit the body part's ability to function, then, there, then it is rated as severe. The condition must be severe to be rated here. Incomplete, moderate. If the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there is tingling, numbness, moderate pain, or other symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to fully function, it is rated as moderate. Incomplete, mild. If the nerve is not completely paralyzed and there is only tingling or mild pain in the affected body part, it is rated as mild. There could also be slight or very mild limitations in movement of the body part, but these limitations would not really affect the overall functioning. Uh, neuritis, severe, if there are all three of the main symptoms, the loss of reflexes, muscle atrophy, and loss of sensation, and they seriously limit the body part's ability to function, then it's rated as severe. The condition must be very severe to be rated here. Moderate, if there are one or more of the main symptoms that uh, definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to function, it is rated as moderate. If there, is, if there are one or more of the main symptoms, but, there are mild, but they are mild and do not interfere significantly with the ability of the body part to function, it will be rated as mild. Uh, neuralgia. Moderate if there is tingling, numbness, moderate to severe pain, or other symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to function fully. It is rated as moderate. Mild, if there is only tingling or mild pain in the affected body part. There could also be slight or very mild limitations in movement of the body part, but these limitations would not really affect the overall functioning. So that's basically the entire nervous rating system. Each nerve has its own percentage for the various degrees of severity. They'll be addressed in discussion for of each uh, cranial and peripheral nerve. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> that might be a little bit complicated. There's a lot of terms, uh, but let's get to an example. So a service member has damage to the sciatic nerve in his right leg. The leg can move forward from the hip at only 20 degrees. There is constant mild pain in the tingling down his leg and into his foot. Tests show that the sciatic nerve is completely paralyzed and unable to function at all. So this is just an example. So it's kind of rare for a nerve to be completely paralyzed with such mild symptoms, but this is just an example. So, to ha so how you rate this condition, first we need to determine in which of the three categories the condition fits paralysis, neuritis, or neuralgia. The tests say that the nerve is paralyzed, so that one's easy. Next, we need, need to determine the severity of the paralysis. We know that it cannot be rated as completely paralyzed even though the nerve is completely paralyzed since the leg can still move. This means that other nerves are, that affect the same muscle and the sciatic nerve are compensating for the damage. The definition of severe for for paralysis requires severe symptoms like muscle atrophy, which are clearly not seen in this case. Similarly, the definition of mild paralysis is too mild for this case since the range of motion is fairly limited, so the best category for our condition would be moderate paralysis. The nerve is not completely paralyzed, and there is tingling, numbness, and moderate pain, or other symptoms that definitely and significantly interfere with the ability of the body part to fully function. The code for this condition is 8520. 
and the rating under moderate paralysis is 20%. So we know that the nerve rating for this condition under 8520 is 20%. Now we need to determine what his condition would rate for limited motion of the hip. Underneath each of these of the ratings for individual nerves is a section that gives the code of various limited motions for that nerve. We know that the hip cannot bend forward or the flexation more than 20%, so code 5252 would be the correct code. Under that code, if the hip cannot move the leg forward more than 20%, it's rated 30%. Since 30% under limited motion is more than 20% given under the nerve code, this condition would be rated on limited motion. The final code would look like 8520-5252. The first four-digit code defines the condition as the paralyzed sciatic nerve. The second four-digit code tells us that the condition was rated under limited motion of the hip. So just remember to figure out which nerve category and the severity of the condition best fits, and then find the rating for that for limited motion and choose the highest rating. A couple of words about spinal conditions. Since the majority of spine conditions are all rated under the general rating formula, it rarely makes a difference what the condition is called. Here are the spine conditions, condition names and codes. Code 5237 is uh, lumbar or cervical strain, a generic label for back pain. Code 5238 is spinal stenosis. The spinal column narrows and presses on the spinal cord or nerves. Spondylothesis or segmental instability. When a uh, vertebrae slips out of position, that's code 5239. Uh, code 5240, ankylosing spondylosis, an arthritic disease that causes the spinal joints to freeze into place. So ankylosis is when your spine just straight up is solid. Um, 5241, spinal fusion, the vertebrae are surgically fused together. And code 5235, vertebrae fracture or dislocation. The bones of the spine break or slip out of alignment due to a traumatic event like a car accident. Any generic spine, spinal bone injury would be coded here. When coding a condition, the physicians will try to choose best description of the condition, but again, the coding really only matters if the condition qualifies for one of the exceptions. And so definitely as we're talking about the spine, we're talking about a major group, and there's gonna be a lot of secondary conditions that could come with this. Many times spinal conditions have other conditions that contribute to the severity of the spinal condition. For example, many spine conditions also cause uh, radiculopathy. These secondary conditions can sometimes be independently rateable. So remember that the DOD will only rate conditions that make a, uh, make a soldier unfit for duty. In the case of secondary spinal conditions, however, the secondary condition does not have to be independently unfitting to be rateable. All it has to do is contribute to making the spinal condition unfitting. So if the primary condition is spinal stenosis, which causes secondary condition of radiculopathy down the left leg by pushing on a nerve, then the radiculopathy would be independently rateable since the amount of pain it creates significantly contributes to the inability of the service member to perform his job. If a secondary condition exists, it will be rated by the criteria for that condition. So also, as always, don't forget to check the DBQ uh, forms for uh, each of the conditions that you're trying to, uh, that 
you're trying to blame. Uh, so there is DBQ for the spine, uh, uh, cervical spine DBQ or columbar spine DBQ and uh, like a basic DBQ for whatever you try to claim. And there's always um, uh, principles that apply to uh, any uh, condition that you have. Uh, the first one, of course, it's a painful motion. If uh, pain is present with motion, then minimal rating must be given 10%. And uh, if you are given uh, even zero, it's always good. Uh, you can always uh, try to get uh, uh, higher rating later. So the joints, uh, when rating arthritis, the vertebra are considered minor joints. Pyramiding, uh, a single condition can only be rated once. However, if a nerve, nerve condition or other condition exists that is additional to the spine condition, not simply caused by it, then it can, be also, it can also be rated. Uh, a good one is probative uh, value. If uh, two exams uh, records uh, the condition differently, the exam is the most throughout data and performed by the most qualified person in that speciality will be, will be the exam the rating is based on. So if you show up with a good amount of evidence from your uh, personal uh, doctor that uh, you've been suffering from this condition for uh, quite a long time, most likely uh, it's going to be taken into account. And uh, a tie always goes to a veteran. If there are two equally strong exams with conflicting information, or if the condition can be equally rated under two different codes, then the one that gives the highest rating will be assigned. Or like we want to believe that the, the way it goes. So you can always argue that as well. So every conflict should be resolved in favor of the higher rating. Accurate measurements it is essential that the necessary information to rate your condition is uh, recorded by the physician in your exam. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> you got to be a present uh, when uh, exam happens. Uh, so it's good to uh, know uh, DBQ forms or at least like questions what's going to be asked. So you'll be uh, you are prepared at least. So all the range of motion should be measured with uh, uh, that. Uh, medical tool goniometer and uh, with information on this uh, on this podcast uh, you should know what like what should be measured and uh, recorded make sure it happens correctly so uh, you can always uh, request the results of the exam uh, afterwards most likely one month two months afterwards at VA and uh, yeah also hospital or convalescence convalescent ratings, some conditions that require uh, required periods of hospitalization or constant medical care. So any condition that requires that requires and rated 100% that requires this is rated 100% during the intensive treatment. So once you're in a hospital, you'll be given 100% and then most likely it's going to be lower. lower. And uh, yeah, guys, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, little bit difficult at a uh, uh, topic today, uh, but uh, try to follow the steps. Uh, try to follow the steps. Yeah. And uh, as always, do you have any information, resource, book, movie? Um, one of the books that I thought was kind of interesting was um, How Do the Federal Reserve Runs the U.S.? I think it's the 
the secrets of the temple. I can't remember the guy's the author's name. That's it's not a bad book. William. William uh, Geller, something like that. Yeah. Secrets of the temple: How the Federal Reserve runs the country. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, ho and hopefully DC doesn't ruin the Justice League, which comes out next week. So hopefully they did a good job on that. Don't um, mess up that. And the uh, quote of words of wisdom of the day. Don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes. Yes, William Prescott and the Battle of Bunker Hill. So that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, over and out. Thank you.